This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. I can't believe I'm saying this. This episode is brought to you by Lola V, an award-winning hair care line by the one and only Jennifer Aniston. Why did Jennifer Aniston start a hair care company? Because she was tired of choosing between hair products that work and hair products that are actually good for us. But thanks to Lola V, we never have to choose again. No silicones, no sulfates, parabens, or gluten. And of course, it's cruelty-free and vegan. The glossing detangler and perfect conditioner are my personal favorites. Not only do they repair the look of damaged hair, but they also shield it from future harm. The first step to unlocking confidence in your dating life and your daily life is feeling confident about your hair. So unlock Jennifer Aniston approved hair at lolav.com. And as listeners of Seeing Other People, you're getting an exclusive 15% off off of your entire order when you use code Seeing Other People at checkout. That's 15% off your entire order at lolavie.com with promo code Seeing Other People. Please note you can only use one promo code per order and discounts can't be combined. After your purchase, they will ask you where you heard about them. Please, please, please support Seeing Other People and let them know that I sent you. You guys are in for a treat because support for today's episode comes from the best of the best, Jenny Kane. And yes, there is a discount, so keep on listening. You know that feeling when you get a new sweater and it instantly becomes basically another layer of your skin? Like you wear it everywhere for everything all the time. Okay, well, Jenny Kane has become my literal uniform. And if you don't know Jenny Kane, I'm pretty much about to change your life because Jenny Kane's clothes did that to mine. Jenny Kane is a California brand with luxurious staples that will transform your closet. Think minimalist and effortless, but totally refined. They have the coziest cashmere sweaters and iconic accessories that will elevate your everyday basics. I don't know if I wear my cashmere fisherman hoodie or my cropped cashmere cocoon cardigan more. All I know is that I cannot live without either of them. Whether it's a cozy night in with the girls, a dinner date with Jake, or catching a flight to Florida to see my parents, these sweaters are perfect for every single occasion. And I couldn't be happier when I'm wearing them because I'm so comfy. And you guys know me. I always choose comfort over how something looks. But with Jenny Kane, I don't have to choose because I get comfort and I get style. All right. So we have the discount code coming for you. Find your new uniform at JennyKane.com. Seeing other people listeners get 15% off their first order when you use code SOP at checkout. That's 15% off your first order at J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com. Promo code SOP, S-O-P. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. Hey guys, it's Alana and you're listening to Seeing Other People Unfiltered. It's Thursday, so that means real life daters are coming on to share their real, sometimes shocking, and always unfiltered experiences. Think you're alone out there? Think you're the only one whose ex hooked up with your mom or whose last date ended up being a catfish? Think again. Hi, I'm Anonymous and I'm here to talk about life after divorce and being a 40 year old single in Los Angeles. There's so much in your story that I'm really excited to get to, but I also first just want to say, I feel like you, this is our first time like talking face to face though. We're not face to face for everyone else, but I feel like you've been a constant in seeing other people for so long. Like you're somebody I always like (laughs) see I'm with. And I've just like, I've seen your name come up and I just want to, first of all, thank you for that. But Second of all, it makes it so much more special that we're talking now and that I really get to hear your story. So I'm really excited that you're here. Yeah, you did me a solid through the pandemic. I really needed you. So I'm very happy that I stumbled across the podcast. It was amazing for me. And here we are. Fast forward a few years later. (laughs) So, okay. You know what? This is great. What happened during the pandemic that you needed me? I think I was just kind of bored. Um, (laughs) It was one of those 
one of those things that I had been laid off and of course it was unexpected. I don't think anyone really knew what life was going to be and was living in limbo. And I realized that I didn't have a lot of hobbies that I had used to have. And then also with the world being kind of shut off, I was alone, you know, single. And um, I had moved to LA in September of 2018 and then had relocated to a different part of town um, in the fall of 2019. So I hadn't really had a chance to establish sort of a social network. So I don't have family out in LA. So it was really just kind of figuring out like, gosh, I'm kind of boring. <laughs> I think we I all have a moment else. of that in our lives or maybe like once every six months. And it's very humbling, but it's good to know that it's a shared experience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, you definitely look at yourself and think like, gosh, like what, what do I want to do? Like now that the world has kind of changed is this it? Like I was so lonely. And even though I'm, I'm very blessed that I live close to the beach. So I had proximity to get outside and, um, get my eyes on the ocean and toes in the sand. I was lonely and needing that sort of connection. So getting online was, um, you know, really important for me because then I felt like a sense of community. Yeah. I definitely shared that same feeling. And I think that's, it was so beautiful when that seeing other people came at that time, the really dating sex came first. Um, but it was, <laughs> it was so helpful to me too, because yeah, I was just sitting in my bedroom at my parents' house and going through all these different emotions that I had never felt before. And just feeling like, like, this is it. Like this is all, all I'm left with is me. And am I, okay with that at the end of the day? Am I happy with that? Like, how can I work with what I have and feel less alone? And yeah, just the community aspect of it. And it's, it's so beautiful that so many of us have just stayed connected all these years. Yeah. It was very validating knowing that there was other people having experiences. And I think also, um, I'm not from California. So the scene here is so different for me. And I had been married for 15 years. And so there was a whole nother layer of complexity trying to understand and navigate because the last time I had dated, I was a teenager, you know, 18, 19, I got married at 20. So I didn't really know how to navigate and, and adding to that, I had never lived on my own. I went straight from, you know, mom and dad college to marriage and so moving out here was the first time I'd ever actually been an adult by myself without anybody else to sort of, you know, be there as a partner to share in all the things that were happening. Yeah. I don't, the word that's coming to mind in, in this question is normal. And I don't want to use that word, but my question is like, was it considered normal in the community you grew up in to get married at 20 and just go, like you said, from like living with your parents, <laughs> college to living with your partner? <laughs> um, I wouldn't say that it was normal, but I would say the reasonings behind it, getting married so young, I think there was a sense of people 
assumed or thought like, oh, there must be a baby on the way or something like no one this age gets married that young for love. And I was, you know, what I would consider like young, dumb and in love for real. (laughs) You think you're an adult and you know, and you know, you have all of these people around you, family, friends saying like, are you sure? Are you sure? And you're just, you know, I don't know. You've got your rose colored glasses on and I would never change anything. Like I love who I am now today and everything that's happened in my life has gotten me to this point, but hindsight, would I have gotten married at 20? Probably not. (laughs) Do you think had you guys dated for longer that you would have still ended up getting married years later? Or do you think things would have come up sooner and you would have called it quits earlier? Gosh, that's a great question. I think we probably wouldn't have gotten married. We're, we were polar opposites, I would say. Like we met each other at 14, 15 years old and we're just friends all through high school. And then um, our moms actually were the ones who sort of suggested that we go to um, prom together because we didn't, we weren't oh. dating anybody. And so <laughs> they were wow, like- Wow, they probably really regretted that friends. after when you guys yeah. got married. <laughs> right? Um, His family and my family are very different. I would say um, his family's a lot more conservative and my family's a lot more liberal. Um, Very different backgrounds. Like I would say that my family was probably upper middle class and his family was lower middle class. And so we had different upbringings, you know? Um, And I think that was also something that really drew us together um, because it was a whole new world. Like I moved a lot. People thought I was a military kid, even though I wasn't. Um, Following my dad's corporate career, um, like promotions and such. And then um, his family, he stayed, was born and raised in the same house. And like, I think it wasn't until our late twenties that his family moved from that house. And so it was like a huge emotional like thing that they were finally leaving, leaving the family home for a new one. So we've, we were very different. Um, so I don't think necessarily that we would have, um, had we not decided to date when I went away to school. Um, and then, you know, he proposed our sophomore year, like I was home wow. for Christmas break, but he didn't do things in the traditional aspect. I didn't realize until later how much later, like it hurt my, my dad and my family. Cause he didn't ask for permission. <laughs> um, I actually called, um, on Christmas cause we got engaged Christmas day. I called my family so excited and like, they were so sh- stunned and shocked they like hung up on me but I was in the middle of the living room with all his family I pretended that I was still on the phone so that I could like save face and not like be mortified that my family was like well what are you gonna do now yeah yeah (laughs) I have you guys can't see me my hand is over my mouth and I have like tears forming in my eyes for you (laughs) yeah yeah not exactly the greatest feeling but yeah it's weird because like you can hear the quiver in my voice like that you can still go back to a point and remember how like how you felt. Do you think it was intentional on his end or he just didn't know any better? I think he didn't really know any better. And like I said, we were both just so like in love. And I think there was a sense of adventure and infatuation with each other that we were just in our own world. Like nothing mattered um, outside of the two of us. So it was really like a young 
romance and we were just ready to take on the world. And um, I was more of the risk taker and the one that was very adventurous and he um, was not. And so a lot of the life experiences that we shared together, you know, moving away from that small town, um, he would never have done had it not been for me. So um, yeah, I mean, there was this nice like ebb and flow and yin and yang type of thing with us because, you know, he was probably, he well, definitely more fiscally responsible and more like living in the real world. And I'm kind of the dreamer <laughs> and like, let's do this. So yeah. It's a good balance to have. Yeah. You guys know that I struggle with confidence. I'm always my biggest critic. And when I notice something about myself that I don't like, I can't stop fixating on it. I'm working on all of this, but it can be hard. A year ago, I noticed that my hair was thinning and I was finding more and more strands of hair on the floor every time I would walk around my apartment. When I would look down in the shower, I would freak out at what I saw in the drain. That's when I opened up to my best friend who happens to be a doctor. And she said two things that changed my life. The first was that she knows so many women our age going through the same thing. The second is that she told me to try Nutrafol. And so I did. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster growing hair with less shedding. A year later and a month before my wedding, and I cannot believe the number of people who have been complimenting how long, strong, and healthy my hair looks. I never imagined that this would happen. And naturally, as a result, my confidence has transformed. I'm no longer self-conscious when it comes to my hair. And honestly, that is a huge, huge, huge personal win for me. And you guys know I'm hilariously bad at sticking with habits and taking something every day or doing something every day. But with Nutrafol, building a hair growth routine is simple. Purchase online with no prescription required. Free shipping and automated deliveries ensure that you'll never miss a day. You'll see results in three to six months. And trust me, it is worth the wait. You can start so easily by taking their hair wellness quiz on Nutrafol.com for a personalized hair health plan based on your specific root causes. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering the Seeing Other People family 10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code seeing other people. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com promo code seeing other people. That's Nutrafol.com promo code seeing other people. Brave the uncomfortable. Those are the words engraved on my bracelet that have gotten me through some of the most anxiety-inducing moments over the last few years. And that's why I could not be more excited to encourage you all to get a Presently bracelet of your own with a phrase that resonates with you. Presently is a line of mindfulness bracelets engraved with words inspired by cognitive behavioral therapy. The brand was started by two sisters, Lindsay and Emily, who have obsessive compulsive disorder, aka OCD, and anxiety. They realized that when stuck in an anxiety spiral, it's hard to put into practice the tools that they learned in therapy sessions. They looked and looked for bracelets that could serve as reminders to interrupt that spiral, but they couldn't find anything besides the cheesy good vibes only and no bad days types of messaging. They started Presently to bring more authenticity to self-help anxiety management. And as someone who has had a Presently bracelet for three years, I mean it when I say it really makes a difference. So whether you need encouragement to make it onto that date that you've been anxious about, a calming mantra to get you through a big day at work, or simply a reminder that you're not alone, Presently has your back. 
Their bracelets are so beautiful and elevated and they also make amazing gifts. And I know because I have gifted a few over the years and my friends were so excited to get one and have worn them ever since. There are six phrases to choose from. And if you're indecisive, there's a quiz that you can take to help you choose the perfect reminder for your anxiety. Plus, 5% of each bracelet is donated to your choice of four mental health nonprofits. I wholeheartedly love and support Presently, and I know that your Presently bracelet will bring you as much comfort as mine has brought me. So head to presentlybracelets.com. That's P-R-E-S-E-N-T-L-Y bracelets.com for 10% off your order using code seeing other people. Where did things take a turn? Oof. Well, when you're that young, uh, I think you think you know who you are, but the reality is, is you don't, you don't have that life experience under your belt. And that's not to say that you can't be 20 and have had, you know, um, some real life things, but I think for the most part, um, we were living sort of, you know, comfortably and, and, um, in our isolated sort of reality and then real world things start to happen um and we were close to the beginning and then um there was some infidelity in our younger years um i didn't know about it uh it was um people that were i guess um opportunistic for him like co-workers and uh, it definitely caused some trust issues, but we were young and I think there were some things that, you know, we didn't really discuss um, that it now and in, in a place of being um, more aware and on my path of healing and understanding the dynamics between men and women and who I am. I like look back and I'm like, golly, like we just didn't know, like we did not have the tools or the resources that we should have. And uh, um, yeah, so we got through it, um, you know, did therapy and counseling and all that stuff, but the trust issues were always sort of wavering um, after you found out that there's been um, infidelity, but we, we moved past it. Um, and that ultimately wasn't the reason why we ended up splitting. Um, (laughs) believe it or not, like we had many years after that, that were great, but I think I, I started to feel like we weren't being who we ultimately wanted to be. Like our, our hobbies were different. Um, we just didn't believe the same things anymore. And as we got older and people started having kids around us, Um, It became one of those things where they were saying, you know, like, you guys have been married so long, like, why don't you have kids? And initially, it was because we were really more like work focused, and we wanted to be a little bit selfish and do things just as a couple. And then as time went on, we started to sort of think like, huh. Um, And the intimacy between us wasn't really there. And so I mean, if you don't have that, you know, having kids is kind of like, not going to happen. Right. (laughs) Like if you can't even think about like holding hands or kissing somebody, I mean, it it slowly started to become one of those things that it was more like a chore and um, like how sad to, to get to that point. In fact, we had gone on like a a couple's trip to um, Mexico with friends. And it was at that point that I knew like, this sounds terrible, but like I was so happy to get my cycle while we were there because then there was no pressure to like have this weird interaction with each other. 
And when we got back is when I actually started talking about, like, I don't think that we should be together anymore. And he was so, so, so shocked that, um, you know, we did give it another go for over a year. Um, and then ultimately he was on board and was like, yeah, you know, I don't, yeah, I think you're right. And we actually filed for a divorce um, on our 15th wedding anniversary. We went to the courthouse and like did it together. It was, you know, like a, a nice end to a chapter. I mean, there was still obviously lots of hurt um, there, but we, yeah, it, it was still a beautiful thing. We still did our normal thing, like what we did to celebrate our anniversary. Um, we were married on 7-Eleven, and so we would always get Slurpees. So. <laughs> and they were free. Free yeah. Slurpee day. <laughs> exactly. See, you already know. And know. even to this day, we will get a Slurpee and send texts to each other. Like, it's, yeah, pretty cool. <laughs> what, what do you think led to that dynamic of the two of you being able to maintain a friendship because usually you see it when it's like, oh, we have to stay cordial. We have to be on good terms because of the kids, but that's not the case here. Like you two as individuals decided like, no, this is still a person I value and cherish and care about and don't want bad blood with. And that's really rare. I think. Yeah. We're a a definite rare case and circumstance. Um, there was definitely time and space apart where we weren't communicating I mean, it was kind of surface level like anytime a holiday came around we were like you know happy thanksgiving merry christmas happy birthday whatever but it wasn't anything in depth um and i don't i think had we stayed married longer we wouldn't have come out with that i think we were getting to the point where there was going to be lots more hurt and resentment had we not like really did it when we did. So in that regard, um, you know, we were able to sort of salvage. And that's not to say, I mean, even though we're good people individually, we did not treat each other in the best way that we should have when we were together. And I think, you know, now all these years later, we can both admit that we had faults and can look at that as part of, you know, our learning experience, life experience. But really, had we not split when we did, I don't know if we would have the relationship that we have today. Do you ever wish, and I know earlier in our conversation, you said like you wouldn't change it, like you're, you're happy it happened the way it did. Do you, knowing that it was going to end, do you ever wish that you did end it after the infidelity when you were struggling with that? No, I don't think so. Um, And I think that's just because all of those like life experiences have shaped like who I am now. And I'm able to help a lot more people, especially when I let them know that you can come out on the other side. Um, It's been something that I've been really passionate about uh, after sort of like leaving my corporate job and just sort of like, I don't know, throwing caution to the wind and and what most people would say, like, I think my family thought I was having kind of like a midlife crisis and I I (laughs) called it an awakening. I said, you know, I'm, you know, finally able to sort of just be who I want to be and not worry about 
everybody else's opinions of me and um, how freeing that is. But I had to have all of those other things happen to really appreciate like where I'm at now. Yeah. No, I love that. And I think that's beautiful. And I feel like most people, I, I love asking that question just because almost everyone is like, no, like this led me to where I am and I grew and I learned and, and I'm, it's, it's all a part of me and I'm happy with where yeah. I'm at now. So I love hearing that answer. I may not have said that, you know, eight, nine, 10 years ago, you right. know, <laughs> when I you're going through it in, yeah. in a place. Yeah. I mean, when it's all real fresh and raw, you're like, is this ever going to be better? So yeah, I mean, takes time. now, yes, then yeah. probably not. I, <laughs> you know, was upset with the world and why me type of mentality. Yeah. And it gets better. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. you moved to LA after the divorce. Yeah. What was that like? <laughs> like you said, like you had kind of just moved to this place. Your family wasn't there. Like what was that like really taking this leap of faith to almost start over and why LA? Yeah. Um, so I had gone to school out here. I really love the beach. Um, I came to visit a friend like Memorial Day weekend, I think it was. And then it, I just got it in my head, like, you know what, I'm going to move out there and um, gave my job like it must have been like six week notice maybe eight week notice and then signed a, a lease sight unseen. Like we FaceTime so I could see this tiny little studio in the Valley. And um, yeah, I mean, you go from having like a home with all of these things. And like, I just like, you know, minimalized everything, just a truck and like a little tiny U-Haul. And my, one of my brothers helped me move out here. And I'm sure he was like telling my parents, you know, like, she's crazy. I don't, <laughs> I don't really get it. I didn't have a job. You know, I, um, I potentially could have like transferred working for, you know, um, a big corporate company, um, but it was more inland. It wasn't where I wanted to be because I wanted proximity to the beach if I was moving. And uh, yeah, I took a, a whole year off from working. And firstly, I'm very grateful that I had the ability to do that but also probably not the most fiscally responsible thing to do like I should have gone not to LA because it's so expensive <laughs> what did you do in that year raise your hand if you have dating anxiety all right all right I know that everyone has their hands up and I get it I had debilitating anxiety when I was single. And even when I first started dating Jake, I kept waiting for the other shoe to drop. And I know that is not a good way to feel and that is not a fun way to date. And I get it. It can be hard to find an anxiety relief tactic that works for you. That's why I'm so excited to introduce you to a new one that has helped me dramatically with my wedding and work stress and anxiety over the last few months. And trust me, there's been a lot of it. Sunset Lake CBD is an amazing company that not only has helped me feel so much better, but they also have a really cool history and mission. Sunset Lake CBD is a majority employee-owned hemp farm located right outside of Burlington, Vermont. As farmers, they believe in providing only top-shelf CBD and hemp products at fair prices. So they cut out the middlemen and they ship their CBD straight from their farm to your door, which means that their CBD is affordable and trusted because CBD and anxiety relief can help everyone and they want it to be accessible to anyone. Trust me when I say that when I'm stressed or anxious, my sleep is the first thing to go. But despite everything I have going on right now, I've been taking a sleep gummy before bed 
bed and my sleep scores on my aura ring have been through the roof. Plus, I'm finding myself relaxing more at night and being able to turn off my work brain and my anxiety with the help of their CBD gummy bears and reishi infused chews. Whether you want to sleep better, relax better, focus better, recover better, or anything in between, Sunset Lake CBD has something for everyone. So check them out today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use code SOP for 20% off your order. That's code SOP for 20% off farmer-owned, Vermont-grown Sunset Lake CBD. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. When I first started seeing other people, some of my closest friends and family could not believe it. Not because they didn't think I was capable of being a podcast host, but because I usually can't get through a sentence without sniffling. And during allergy season, forget about it. My seasonal allergies are debilitating, and my sinus congestion and pressure has always left me feeling so sick. But luckily, for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for For serious allergy sufferers, Claritin-D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Claritin-D has truly transformed my life. Not only can I breathe better and sleep better since taking Claritin-D, but I also can get through the day so much smoother. I used to have to cancel plans because of how bad my allergies were. I'd go through a tissue box a week, sometimes more, and my eyes were always watery. But Claritin-D's fast symptom relief starts working on allergies with nasal congestion in as little as 30 minutes, and it tackles nasal congestion caused by allergies or a cold and also relieves sinus congestion and pressure due to allergies. It's truly the greatest thing I've ever come across, and I am so grateful that I found it and started using it. Are you ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Do you feel like you're at a crossroads in your love life? Maybe you're in the thick of modern dating or you're wondering if the person you're with is your person. Whatever your situation, I have the perfect podcast for you. It's called Dateable, your insider's look into modern dating, hosted by Julie Krafchick and Yue Shu. They talk about it all, from why you're choosing the wrong partner and how to stop, to how to actually go from matching on the app to getting on a date, to securing your anxious attachment and everything in between. Julie and Yue have been on Seeing Other People, and I've been a guest on their podcast too, so if you're looking for a great starting point, check out my episode of Dateable, season 15, episode 10, Is It Chemistry or Anxiety? Guys, this podcast is incredibly relatable, insightful, and oftentimes hilarious. Wherever you start, Dateable will help you feel inspired to date differently and create a love life that works for you. You can subscribe and listen to episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts every Wednesday and Sunday. So check out Dateable and thank me later. Oh, man. I was a hermit at first. You know, um, I had a few friends here from college, uh, but... I, you know, being in my late, mid to late thirties, it was one of those things that you have this plan for your life. And then when it doesn't turn out how you sort of thought it would, that I had to really sit in that. Um, And it was like me and my two dogs and, you know, I didn't have TV. I mean, like it was, I was pretty minimalistic so I did a lot of reading and just reflection on like what am I doing you know 
Um, and so I don't think I would have actually even been in a good place to even be employed by somebody working. I like, I really felt like I needed to just exist. I don't know if that makes sense, but I just, I wouldn't have been showing up how I should have showed up to be paid to do something. So I'm glad that I was able to just like go through grief. It's, it's, um, a different kind of grief, but you do mourn the life that you thought you were going to have and the relationship that you thought you were going to have and where you thought you would be. And, um, you know, you kind of bury that and then, you know, come out a new person with new ideas and new think new thinking. No, absolutely. I think it's actually amazing that you made the decision to take time off. I think so often, and I know it's something that you have to have the means to do, so not everyone can do it, but I think people are so inclined to feel like um, embarrassed to be unemployed or to be in between jobs. And there's a societal pressure of like, well, you have to be working. Otherwise, what are you doing? And I like you went through a completely like life changing 180 emotional deep, deep thing that your life was one way and now suddenly it's not. And that takes a long time to process. And I think it's really wise that you recognize like I'm not, I wouldn't be able to show up the way I would want and the way that someone I would work for would want me to. And right now I need to do what's best for me. And I think that's something that I just wish more people would do and recognize that like, it's okay to not be okay. And it's okay to take what you need because we feel like we owe it to everybody else, but ourselves, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) Definitely. So it was a, a weird time, you know, but I am like thankful, but there were lots of nights crying, like just by myself. Yeah. And just going through it. And also I, you know, didn't really open up and share all of the things with my family at the time, like what I was going through. I mean, they obviously knew that I had moved and I was divorced and such, but I think sometimes it's hard to like verbalize or put into words the things that you're feeling because you can be very happy and very sad at the same time. Um, They're not mutually exclusive. So um, while I'm so happy that I made the decision, it was still incredible heartbreak. Of course, of course. And sometimes people can say, oh, well, like you're the one who broke up. You're you're like with the other person. You're the one who asked for the divorce. Like this is what you wanted, but that doesn't mean it was easy. That doesn't mean it's actually what you wanted. It's just what you decided to do with the situation. But I think people often think that, oh, well, it's only the person who got dumped or who was served the divorce papers that has a right to be upset because it was the other person's choice. Well, it was that other person's choice because of so much pain for Mm -hmm. a long time. And so of course you have every right to be sad, but I also understand, you know, not wanting to worry everybody and wanting to show like, yeah, I'm okay on my own and I got this. So it is definitely conflicting when you're in this new phase and yeah, you don't know how much to reveal or or what. Yeah. And I feel like because of the age, I was like, you're an adult, but at the same time, I'm still like, like I said, I hadn't ever lived on my own. So like I'm experiencing things that a lot of people experience like straight out of college, you know, except for I'm 35, 36 years old. So it's way different, you know, 
<laughs> and then even like stigmas with dating, like people always wanting to know, like, well, what do you do? So mm-hmm. <laughs> you're like, actually, I'm not doing anything, which, you know, in LA, there's a lot of people who are fun employed, I guess, that yeah. <laughs> are between jobs or whatever you want to call it. So maybe not so much out here, but yeah, you find yourself in this place where you're supposed to quote unquote be an adult. Um, but I'm experiencing so many things for the first time and, you know, dating when you're 18, 19, the standards of what you're looking for, what you're expecting at 35, 36 is different. And the dating pool is different. And also there weren't dating apps when I was dating. So like, I just didn't understand all of the things. I'm very naive. And I probably could do a whole nother like episode about all the first dates that I've had because they've been interesting. We just might have to do that because I want to talk about dating, but I want to first and foremost hear about what is going on in your dating life right now today. <laughs> well, um, I met somebody. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, I met somebody um, a year, a little over a year ago. Um, and it was one of those things that I think I had just surrendered to the fact that I'm just swiping whatever. Like I had zero expectations anymore like yeah like let's meet let's you know go on a date and surprisingly um it went really well he actually asked me on a a date it wasn't like let's meet for coffee or let's meet for happy hour he actually asked me on a date so we went to sushi which I think is pretty rare like a lot of people don't want to invest the time or be locked in um which you know I guess I can see both sides of the coin that way because if you don't have chemistry or you don't have a connection, whatever you want to call it, um, even just at like the base conversation level, then you're stuck there. Um, Where did you go for well. sushi? Um, I don't even, oh, this is terrible. I don't even remember what it was called. We <laughs> met halfway. Okay, never mind, matched. never mind, continue. <laughs> yeah, we matched, but um, he doesn't live close to me. Um, he just happened to be in the area. And so when we swiped, you know, because you set your radius yeah. and I've learned in LA, especially like there is this like dating no-no. Like if you live more than 15 miles away from somebody, it's like long distance. In it's LA another universe. Yep. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, because it could take you an hour to get to somebody who's 15 miles away. So um, he didn't live close. So we met in the middle and had a great time. Um, we were, it was kind of like being young again, um, staying out super late because um, that wasn't really my my thing. And it was just, yeah, I don't know. We connected and he was going through um, a high conflict uh, separation and divorce uh, and has young kiddos. And that was the dynamic that I wasn't necessarily prepared for. And even in my profile, I said, you know, I'm pretty low drama. And I had avoided a lot of situations or people because I could tell that there was going to be stuff that I'm like, oh, I just don't really have to deal with that, you know, so I don't want that kind of energy in my life. And I think like four weeks into dating, it went south real fast and lots of legal stuff and not so great things and you know it was kind of isolated because that was his thing but it still like bled over into our dating life but um yeah so fast forward things are progressing you know meeting his kiddos and everything like that and then he celebrated a milestone birthday and um started acting kind of weird 
and then dumped me out of nowhere. <laughs> out of nowhere. Yeah, literally. How long into the two of you dating was this? We had just celebrated our year date anniversary okay. like the week prior. So wow. he had a milestone birthday. We had celebrated our you know, like our one year um the week following that birthday. And then yeah, he started getting weird. And we had text or talked every single day since meeting. That was like yeah. the thing. And then like two days before the incident whatever um he started acting kind of weird and I was like are you okay and he's like yeah why and then boom dumped me and like no context I'm like okay no context like who at all no context he's like I really think that um like maybe our future plans don't align and I was sitting there I couldn't I was so shocked I couldn't even cry because I was like what is it am I living in the twilight zone? Like what is happening right now? Staring at somebody that you've been dating for the last year and things are going so well. Like there wasn't an incident where I would have thought like, oh, his girls didn't like me. So there was like, you know, that fear of like, if things don't go well when we meet, like that could change the dynamic of whether or not we continue dating. But there wasn't anything like that. You know, I'd met family members, mom, all, all sorts of things. And vice versa he had met my family and so that wasn't it and um yeah no context and he pretty much just like you know was like all right I'm gonna leave like came to my house and then so I was like I'm gonna let this digest and then I messaged him I'm like well do you want to like do dinner later thinking like okay well maybe he'll have time to actually like formulate some thoughts more than just I don't think our future plans align and um didn't it's kind of like nothing even happened. So I was like, all right, well, this is going to be it. I'm going to collect my things from his place. And I guess this is it. We're never going to talk to each other again. To your knowledge, did your future plans align? Yeah, well, I think when you're going through um, a situation where somebody's going through a high conflict divorce, you, um, it's kind of tricky to navigate. Like, ideally, that's not something that I would want to do like I would have wanted things to be more finalized personally but that's just like not how it happened and when we had the conversation he really was like one or two days away from signing paperwork and then it went south like his ex decided that the the agreement the monetary agreement custody agreement was no longer what she wanted so then she got an attorney you know unbeknownst to him and so things just went south and Maybe I should have just said, you know, well, until that's all settled, we shouldn't really date, but I didn't. And so you're invested in this and like you just time goes. So um, I don't think he got the chance to really like work through a lot of things that he maybe could have or should have prior to. Yeah. And and to be fair, I don't think either one of us thought that we were going to have a connection and really like each other that much. So then it's like, well, do you stop dating or do you just go with the flow and deal with it. And so that's kind of what we did, but we hadn't really had in-depth conversations um, about what it looks like in six months, eight months, two years from now, because yeah. you're so focused, especially with him having young kids, like wanting to make sure that they're the main priority and as it should be, you know? Um, so I didn't ever want to take away from the energy that he needed to be present for them. And then also, um, you know, get that all situated. I mean, the first 
six months, he was just fighting to even be able to see them. He barely saw them. So it was definitely something. And as somebody who doesn't have kids, it was something that I was like, oh my gosh, like I had the most pleasant experience divorcing my ex. And like, we didn't fight over assets. We didn't fight over anything. It was just like so nice then to experience, you know, this through somebody else and just, wow. And even with your pleasant experience, you still had to take the time to process and heal and go through it. And yeah, absolutely. you didn't have that. Nope. Yeah. No. no. Yeah. So um, we went basically no contact for a couple of weeks, two weeks. Um, but I had this present because his oldest was having a birthday that I was like, well, what am I going to do? So I'd ask my friends, like, do I just like mail it to him? Do I just forego it and not even give it to her? Like the girls had already, I mean, we already have developed, you know, this friendship relationship with each other. So like they ask for me or ask about me. So it was kind of one of those things like, oh, it breaks my heart, but like, what do I do? And so I had reached out and we had um, one phone conversation and it was nice. It, I mean, it was still kind of um, awkward, but then we came to the agreement like, yeah, let's meet for dinner. And I'm like, yep. And I'll give you the gift and then you can celebrate, you know, her and um we I wanted to cancel like I I was like yep I'm just not going to I thought I was going to like maybe do a uh, ding dong ditch and just like leave the <laughs> leave the gift yeah. on his front door and then like bail and again he lives pretty far away like on a good day it's over an hour to get to his place so it wasn't like oh just a casual thing but yeah so we met for dinner and it was one of those things that I again thought I was living like I was waiting for the camera crew to come out because he was so apologetic and like I messed up I miss you I can't believe I did that like you're so right like I like it's been terrible without you the last couple of weeks and I was mm. like what like you were not just not expecting that whatsoever. No, no. Yeah, I mean, you've been processing this breakup. <laughs> yeah, basically, yeah. you know, and thinking like, what did I do to deserve like that? You know, like no explanation and no inkling as to like, like what lesson is it that I'm needing to learn um, in this moment right now about people, about myself, like, wow. And then to have it be a complete 180 um, when we saw each other again, I was like, okay, well now what am I supposed to be learning? And he actually was like almost wanting to forget that it even happened. Like, let's just sweep this under the rug. And I stood firm, like, no, like it's like toothpaste out of the tube. I, you can't go back. Like it happened and we need to process like why you acted that way. And we talked about therapy and like him needing to like actually process um, the ending of that relationship and like what that means now and all of that stuff because like that's not a normal reaction when you're overwhelmed or there's too much because ultimately that's what he talked about he's like the walls felt like they were closing like all of these things were piling up with work and with the the divorce and and then I started thinking about like well, you know our future and what that could look like or would look like mm -hmm. and he was like a I can't think. yeah, yeah. Yeah, which, you know, when you verbalize that, it makes complete sense, like overwhelm. Yeah, but totally. instead of coming or leaning into somebody that you've been with, he ran. 
Yeah. And I said, you know, like that scares me. I don't want to be in a situation where times get tough and you leave. Yeah. So we're working through it, but he wanted to just like be back together. And I, you know, I said, it's going to take some time. Like we're going to have to get back there because my trust is, you know, not there like it was. I'm really proud of you for standing up for yourself and for taking a pause and, and saying, we have to talk through this. We have to work this together. We have to go one step at a time. I think that's you, what you deserve. And I think that's a great thing that you were able to stand your ground and say like, no, that wasn't okay. And that can't happen again. So we have to do this differently. I want to ask, I, well, I'm going to have to have you back because there's so much more <laughs> I want to talk about. And I want to hear your crazy first date stories, but to close out this episode, and we'll stay tuned for the rest of everything else. What is the best dating advice or relationship advice you've ever received? I think the best advice um, is truly sitting down and writing out what it is that you want, exactly what it is that you want, and then being that. Because in order to get what you want, you have to give that as well. So if you want love, you have to give love. So write everything down and then become that person. I love that. That's so true. I couldn't agree more. It's beautiful. Oh, thank you so much for being here. <laughs> we did it. <laughs> we did it. I'm so, you guys have no idea the technical difficulties that we persevered <laughs> through to make this happen, but we did it and I'm so proud and we will do it again. Thanks for listening, daters. I hope today's episode made you feel just a little bit less alone out there, no matter what your status might be. Give your finger a break from swiping and hit that follow and review button instead. And if you have any burning questions or want to share your own unfiltered dating stories, reach out to seeingotherpeoplepodcast at gmail.com. And in the meantime, keep on seeing other people. Mads, I am obsessed with our brand pillars. You mean vagina sweat, good branding, and being Jewish bloated queens, Scout? Uh, sure, but not quite. I love that OKSIS podcast and our sisterhood is made up of women who are down for main character energy only, who take care of their mental health, and who are standing in their personal power as entrepreneurs. Oh, yeah. That too, Scout. That too. We should probably introduce ourselves. Hello, everyone. I am Mads. And I am Scout. And we are sisters IRL. Join us on OKSIS Podcast every Monday for some sisterly banter, nourishing mental health, a whole lot of silliness, and inspiring interviews from the raddest female guests in the game. We promise it'll be a good time. As long as you don't get too loud, Mads. Welcome to the sisterhood!